Hello everyone, I'm Tony, this is Ange, and we run the Back to the Future the Musical Fans Facebook group and social media accounts. Our Facebook group now has over three and a half thousand members. We also post to Instagram and Twitter, and you can find all of our past interviews on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, and most other popular podcasting platforms. And today we're um, thrilled to be joined by one of the original cast members from the world premiere in Manchester and the award-winning original West End production, it's the clock tower woman herself. It's Katie Pearson. <laughs> Katie, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? We're good. Um, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy since that last performance? That's like almost two months ago now. I know, almost two months. It's crazy. Um, honestly, the first sort of month was just kind of adapting to an a new sleep schedule and eating schedule. The novelty of having dinner at like half seven was quite a shock to the system after a year. Um, but it's been amazing because I've got to go see friends in other shows. I've made it home to see family for a while. Just been plodding along and just enjoying some free time, which has been amazing. It, it was strange to finish, obviously. We do the same thing for a whole year and then you don't see the same people every day. So, you know, we're all WhatsApping each other like, what are you doing today? We're all still hanging out, like withdrawal symptoms were huge. <laughs> but just sort of been doing very much that, hanging out with people, seeing friends in shows and enjoying having my evenings for a change. And speaking to us, which <laughs> it's good that you got some free time. We finally got hold of you. <laughs> yeah, we've had this one uh, planned for a while, haven't we? So it's I good. Know, so I, when I bumped into you and you were like, do you still want to do it? And I said, do you still want me to do it? And you were like, yes. <laughs> Of course we do. Of course we do. I'm old news. I'm old news now, guys. <laughs> never, never. Not the originals. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, we thought you um, could talk us through. We've, we've mentioned this in some of our other interviews about um, how little Katie got set on the road to being a West End star. Like, where did you begin when you were when you were a tiny child? So from the very start, I think. I did Irish dancing from the age of three, which was very young. I was, a I was actually a tiny tot until I was about 16, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but no, I started with Irish dancing because I family are part Irish and then got into ballet tap modern, like at a local dance school, very much that. And then around about the age of 10, I think I auditioned for a, an agency drama school in the North called Scala Performing Arts. Um, and I was lucky enough to get in and that was when the journey started to doing, you know, professional work as a child. Um, I was quite lucky that I dabbled in a bit of TV work and a bit of stage work in my younger years. And then throughout that, I did my training there. I did drama lessons and dance lessons. And then I also went to Armley Dance School where I did all my dance grades and all, all that jazz um, and competitions. And then alongside that, I uh, got involved in quite a few Amdram companies, uh, <laughs> much to my parents' dismay, taxiing me around up and down and off to every single one of them. And I did a bunch of like uh, summer summer courses, Easter courses, all the shows. I just loved it. But I um, I actually didn't ever really think about doing it as a career until it got to like crunch time. And both my parents are teachers um, and both my grandparents parents on one side are teachers as well so you know they're very much like okay the industry is very you know it's not consistent it's not very safe so I think the best thing to do is do your A levels and then if you still want to do it you've got that back up and then you know so I did that I went to a normal I went to a normal high school went to a normal sixth form albeit my sixth form had an incredible department for drama and dance which were the reasons I ended up auditioning for the drama schools I auditioned for and then when I got in, I was like, oh, right, well, I'm doing it then, here we are. And I think it wasn't a case of me not wanting to, or, but I think it's, I, I've always been quite realist in that respect. I, I knew I could do it and I was good at it, but I was never the top, top dog in my area. And um, I only started playing leads in the Amdram shows when I was about 17, 18. So I'd not been the lead since 12 sort of thing. So you know, I'd worked my way up. So I was always very like, I'm good, but I'm, I'm probably not the best out there in the world. So, you know, I've got to be real about it. Um, so then when I got in, that was that. I went to Arts Ed in Chiswick in London and did three years on the musical theatre degree. Um, had the best time there training and was very lucky from there to get an agent and then start working. And here we are. <laughs> um, so yeah, you were at Arts Ed with some of the other cast, weren't you? Were you there with 
Ollie? So many of us. It's my favourite story I tell all the time. On my audition day, I was sat outside in the corridor waiting to go for my singing audition. And Dobby, sorry, Ollie. Dobby. Ollie Dobson. I've called him Dobby since I've known him. Um, Just because his surname, not because of the house cell from Harry Potter, just to clarify in case anyone's like, a bit rude. Um, Dobby, I love you. Um, So Dobby walked past down the corridor with another guy in his year group called Lewis, who's another friend. And they both had like bandanas on and they're walking down with their bags and they just looked so cool. I remember sitting there going, I want to go here. Everyone looks so cool. And then when I got in and I ended up being friends with him, I was like, it's a funny story, actually. Um, On my audition day, I thought you looked really cool. Can I maybe want to go here? He was like, that's so tragic. (laughs) Um, But yeah, him and Courtney were the year above me at college. Then there was, oh my gosh, there's so many of us. Um, Shane was a couple years below me. Uh, I'm trying to scan through everyone in the cast now who was there. (laughs) <laughs> and then there's um so like Nick, Josh, and Tavio were a few years below me, but I actually had taught them tap because uh, I t- I teach tap at arts there every so often, and um I actually had taught them, so we started rehearsals, and they were like, we're working with our teacher, and I was like, oh, she feels old, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, which was amazing then because I got to like meet them as them, not just as a yeah. one-off workshop thing, which is really cool. So yeah, there's lots of art setters in the cast. What a great story. Um, so you, you almost went into this now, but we like to ask everyone this. What was your journey to Hill Valley? Like, how how did you end up getting the, the call for the audition? And then I'm interested in knowing, like, did you specifically audition for Clock Tower Woman? And was that a part that you could audition for? Or was it offered to you as, like, a, a member of the ensemble? So I originally, the, the auditions for the workshop went out and I'd just accepted big at the dominion which was like a christmas contract and there was a clashing of the end of things so i couldn't go in for it and i remember going oh this sounds really cool really good i'm not free for it and then when i was in the when i was in the the run of big i got called in for manchester and the funny story is i got called in for swing for manchester now i've done in my in my career, in my career, in the jobs that I've done. Sorry, it sounds so funny. You're like, in my career, um, in the jobs that I've done, I've been assistant dance captain, on stage swing, off stage swing, second cover, first cover. I've kind of touched base in all of them. Um, and I was at a point where I kind of said, because obviously we didn't know if it was going to have a life after Manchester. The Manchester run was quite short. And I turned around to my agent and I said, this is such an incredible opportunity. But normally in a short contract like that, um, the chances of getting on are very slim because there's no holiday dates. I mean, little did we know, <laughs> COVID was full. Um, and I was a bit like, where I'm at in terms of jobs that I've done and how I've been covering, I I know that I could go down the swing dance captain route because I'm from a very strong dance background and I'm quite quick at picking things up. But I'd made this decision that I was like, I'm going to try and do the covering of the roles and maybe one day play a role in my own right. It's a scarier, much harder path to go down, but I'm going to try it. And if it fails, at least I tried. So I turned around to my agent and I said, I, this is ridiculous to turn this down. I said, I just don't think I want to be a swing because I don't think it's the right step for me moving forward. And that's nothing against swings. Having been one, I know the hard work that gets put in and they are top jogs. Um, and she said, okay, cool, uh, let me get back to you. So she rang back with the casting director of the casting team and sort of explained. And then she rang me back about an hour later. She was like, cool, so you're in for Ensemble Cover Lorraine. I was like, <laughs> sensational, let's go. <laughs> uh, so I had, my first audition was a dance round and we did a section of Got to uh, Start Somewhere. It's really hard to say it in, in, in English accent. Yeah. Got to Start Somewhere. Um, and we also did a version of cake where we were all the cigarette ladies. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it because there's so many kicks and the ending was shene, 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 and then slide into splits on the floor. <laughs> and we were pineapple and everyone's shoes were getting stuck on the rubber floor and everyone was like slowly making their way down. Everyone was just trying to make it look like <laughs> cigarette like. <laughs> it was brilliant. Uh, oh, that wasn't, that's a lie. I'm completely lying to you. That was my second round. My first round was a singing round, going backwards now. I went in and sang my own song for Jim Henson. And um, I did, I think I sung Someday from The Wedding Singer, 
just kind of like an 80s kind of you know pop musical theatre. So I sang that and I think it did some scales. I can't remember. I think it did some scales. You usually did some okay. scales. And then so then I got recalled back on the day and went in and then did all that dance stuff. And then I got called in again and we did a another dance round and it was partner work and we did a version of Johnny Be Good. And it's quite funny because when you do partner work in an audition, you don't normally you don't I've not I've not had many auditions with partner work. And this was straight in like, okay, you're gonna do a handstand, you're gonna pull yourself up, you're gonna drop into splits, you're gonna jump onto this shoulder, get thrown this way, you're gonna I was like, right, we're going straight in. And I was actually partnered with Jamal, um, which was amazing because he I mean, all the boys are amazing, but I got partnered <laughs> with him. And you're like, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw myself over your shoulder now and can you just lift my leg here and then do this? And you know, it's very straight in there. Hi friend, let's uh, throw each other at each other and please catch me. <laughs> um, and Jamal was amazing and he's so strong. So he was just like, <laughs> it was, I was like, brilliant, fabulous, thank you. Um, so we did that, the partner work, and then we did the, the routines from the first dance round again. And then I went in to do material and I did, um, I sang Pretty Baby and I did the scene in, that um, in that section, the uh, Calvin Klein, it's really loving your underwear. And it was really funny because I walked in and obviously Dobby was there reading it because he'd already been <laughs> passed. And he walks over like, hey mate, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and I think he actually said to me, I remember he was, I, I kind of was laughing because I'm very much, I mean, you've probably seen me from the last 10 minutes of this video, I'm like, <laughs> um, I'm very much not afraid to go full out. So he kind of like, he kind of like jokingly was like, oh, gonna flirt with me. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like I was, I was like, the predator is coming out. It was like audition KP watching the boy in the bandana walk past. I was like, wow. Um, so we did that. And then I did the clock tower scenes, um, which I think every, I think every girl had been sent them as part of like the thing. And I remember doing it um, again going full out, being an old lady. And, uh, John Rando was laughing and he said, oh, can we try it, can we try it differently? Uh, can you, uh, can you pretend that she's like super religious? Like, you know, she's like, this is the Bible we're talking about. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we went again and I was like, just having fun with it and just running around the room, pretending to like chase people for money. Um, and that was that. And then I remember, I think it was, I don't know how much time had come after that. I came out of the audition and I was like, you know what? I'm really happy with what I did. I think sometimes you come out of auditions and you're like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. And I came out and I rang my parents and I said, if I don't get it, it's actually fine because I'm really happy with how it went, etc., etc." And the day I found out I was actually at Big, we were about to do a two show day and there's no signal in the Dominion at all. My agent was ringing me. I was like, one second, I can't hear you. I ran out of the fire escape and she was like, yep, so they really liked you and they'd, um, they'd really just like you to be in the show. Um, and I was like, what now? And I was just on the fire escape, like crying. Um, <laughs> and I found out I'd got ensemble cover Lorraine. Nothing about Clock Tower Lady at this point. So I was like, cool, fine. When we start rehearsals, I think it was the first day of singing rehearsals we had, Nick Finlow was like, okay, turn to this one. Is that right, KP, here we go. And I was like, right, thinking of the top top line. He was like, no, darling, you're the clock tower lady. I was like, <laughs> oh, am I? I was like, and then I was like, I have, so I have a solo line. <laughs> okay, here we go. But also I was like, where's the, where's the sheet music? Oh my God. <laughs> The panic. I was like, yeah, I totally knew this. What? Um, because it was part of like the featured ensemble. It wasn't, um, it actually wasn't labeled as a, as a part at this point. Mm -hmm. And then when we got, yes, yeah, so there's a, in Manchester, I think in the programs, you may notice if you've got them, I think it's just Dana's ensemble. And then when it transferred to town, um, they were like, how does KP feel about having it listed as the clock tower lady? And I was like, yeah, stunning. People get to realize who it is behind the gray wig. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a very long-winded way of telling you well, how I got the job. Sorry. <laughs> I That's love great. <laughs> no, a great story. I was actually 
I was saying I was going to ask about that because it was it is unusual to have like a featured ensemble name because all the other tracks are not named in the yeah in I know. The, although I think... there's so many fans that are super obsessed like we've all given these tracks our own names and yeah. we have like DDT guy and asbestos guy and yeah. you know and we don't know what their real names are but of course clock tower woman clock tower lady save the clock tower woman I think it's the we we have asbestos guy actually. I was going to say, I want to get my script. I actually think it is Asbestos Guy. But in my, oh, head, brilliant. In my head, it's like, it's Will. Obviously, it's not Will now, but in my head, it's like, Will, that's Will's track. And, you know, <laughs> um, but it is the Asbestos and the DD. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so funny when you think back as well, all the different versions or how much it changed since Manchester. Mm. So when Ollie Ormson in Manchester was doing that track, and at one point he had like a basket of fruit and like all this stuff on the hedge cake and all these things. And it was just like prop madness. <laughs> they settled on the backpack, which was much easier for him to dance with. I remember because he was trying to partner work with me and he was like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, you've mentioned Manchester there and um, we love hearing people's um, views on on how the emotions went that day. Like how, I mean, you've, you've workshopped it, you've rehearsed to death, like you're ready, you're all ready to roll. How did the emotions go that day? And, and did you expect the fan reaction like that, that you all got? Honestly, I, I don't think, I don't think there's, I've ever had anything like it. I actually don't know if I will ever have anything like it again. It was the most surreal experience. I think as well because obviously it was the first time we were doing it, but with our dress rehearsals, we didn't have like, like when we did our dress rehearsal at the Adelphi, all the front house came to watch. So we had like interaction and that was like, you know, really exciting for them to see it for the first time. But in Manchester, we'd, you know, we'd teched and we'd rehearse and got everything done. And I remember I'd gone out to get some food or snacks or last minute bubbles for the dressing room or something. <laughs> And I was walking back down past the theatre and I could see the queue of people. And I think I actually put it on my Instagram, being like, I did like a, a video video, then back to my face, like, <laughs> it's happening. Um, it was just so surreal. And I think, like Bob had said to us, like, you know, the fans are so dedicated and they're so, and we were like, yeah, okay, great. You're like, that's, the, that's amazing. We're so excited. And then we saw people in costume. And for me, it was the minute... Um, Dobby, I need to stop saying Dobby. Ollie walked out on stage. Apologies for everyone. His name is Ollie Dobson. Don't call him Dobby. It's a really bad habit. Um, he walked out onto the into the lab, and everyone and we're stood behind the lab waiting for the opening. So we're all like, you know, really excited, whatever else. This massive wall of sound, and all of us were like, and like you just you just never expect I, I don't think any of us expected it at that point like obviously at the end when you finish you know that everyone's gonna be mad but at that point it was like if this is the beginning oh my gosh they're gonna lose their minds because we're like wait until they see Roger wait until Hugh comes out wait until Rosie oh my I was like they're gonna absolutely lose it because obviously when you're fans of the film and you're fans of the characters and then you've got a cast that come out and you know pay homage to that so perfectly with their own little flair on top and then making it a musical it's yeah. Yeah, it's just unreal. And that feeling on that first that first show in Manchester and afterwards we had like a pizza party and we were all like eating dominoes, like, what just happened? We were all just like, <laughs> like the adrenaline, I think the adrenaline hangover lasted about a week. We were all like, oh gosh, there's more, like, it was, it was so, sorry, I'm just rambling now, but it was so, it was so surreal. So much so that I kind of like, it's just like a pin in my memory of like how wild that first show was, like the world premiere was, wild and it's also crazy because that version of that show was n never seen again because as the days went on we tweaked little bits we changed little bits scene changes costume changes so I think it's really nice to keep that in a little bubble of that the very first version the very first reaction it was unreal so yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> it was very special <laughs> you see that still at certain performances you can I, I assume as the cast you can tell when there's like special performances where like there's lots of fans in like you know the, the audience has got to be different on like a midweek matinee versus like future day for example oh, yeah. um, we feel it in the audience certainly and you get you still get those cheers and it was the same with the new cast that everyone is like so thrilled to see someone come out and be that character it's amazing um, flesh as well I think just seeing it live in front of you just it, it brings it brings it, I know it brings it to life, it's live theatre, but it kind of, you're like part of it because they're right there. So I think that's the beauty of the show, that it, it kind of, it, keep, it keeps carrying that that magic from the film 
throughout you, but right in front of you. It's it's a, it's a different. You can't you can't recreate that. I think when you're watching it live, I mean, every show is technically the, the same show, but every show is different. And like you yes. said, every audience response gives the the show a different feel. And you know that Roger is playing off the audience. So if they're giving something different than they normally do, he's like, I'm going to roll with this. <laughs> that changes what you're doing. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's lots of fun watching you all on stage and, you know, we, we enjoy it because you're enjoying it. There's you, we mentioned Clock Tower Woman. Obviously you also play other ensemble characters, DeLorean Girl, Chamber of Commerce Lady, Lou's Cafe Waitress, tea, uh, Hill Valley Teacher. Which, out of all those, like, which one did you really have the most fun with? Oh, uh, oh gosh. I think, we can cut this long pause out later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, it's so difficult because I think with, with different moments, like the teacher is such a small section, but she's giving it beans with the, the board and it's all very like heightened and very, you know, like what's going on? And, you know, Mark used to like shout at me and be like, Miss Kamensky, I'd be like, I'm trying. And all these <laughs> funny little moments that you had that, you know, you probably missed because there's so much action going on. Um, I think, I mean, Clock Tower's got a little special place in my heart. And I think playing her old and young is really, is was a really fun thing to do. But you can't compare that in the same thing as being a sassy DeLorean girl because, you know, the big hair and the boots, you're gonna have a great time. I'm climbing on the DeLorean and I'm like, come on, that's, this is the dream. <laughs> Um, but I did, I think in terms of character, Clock Tower Ladies were the, the most fun to play. In terms of sections in the show where I had the most fun, I think playing the waitress, again, Mark Oxtoby, if you're watching this, thanks for nearly making me corpse every show. Um, <laughs> our, our little diner, diner girl Lou interaction when I'd always be late, it'd be, you know, it's a little moment and that number's so fun. And I think the progression where you, we go from, you know, sort of being like, oh, every day at the diner to, yeah. oh, this is new, this is exciting. And then obviously it's that thing of, um, when it, we're all on stage together and that that number is so fun and energetic anyway. And then when you've got your mates with you and you're all like, yeah, like <laughs> you feed off each other and it just, it is, I think it's probably the hardest physical and vocal number, but the most fun to do because you're all on stage together having a party essentially. <laughs> I used to love watching that bit where you come in to the cafe late and Mark's giving you like the, you know, the shaking his head and like rolling his eyes. And <laughs> when you've been to see the show a few times, you really start to focus in on these little moments that, you know, are easy to miss, but you know, they're, they're brilliant in their own right. Um, and, and to call out a couple more points that are our favorites, your invisible stopwatch at the end for the handstand. <laughs> and of course the, um, <laughs> the golf swing. <laughs> I, I was waiting to get told by our choreographer or our associate, um, KP, I don't know what this is, but and I was like, I got away with it for a whole year and I'm thrilled. I don't know, it just happened one time because we knew that Jamal was going to do his worm and I was always going to be like, I used to kind of do like a little, here we go. And then one time I just jokingly did it and then it just became a thing that he'd like run to the side and he'd look at me and go, okay, I'm ready. And then I'd swing him into the, into the worm. And then I don't know how the Ryan thing started with the handstand. <laughs> And I remember because someone took some photos, didn't they, from um, from that moment, and they posted them online. And I shared it with like just me doing a classic stopwatch to see how long Ryan can hold a handstand. And I didn't think that anyone had clocked it, but clearly they did. I was like, guys, she's always on the clock. She's always thinking about the clocks. And then it was a thing. <laughs> well, that was it then. That was it for the rest of the, the rest of the contract. I was like, Ryan, here we go. <laughs> Um, Katie, you're the first ensemble member we've had the, the huge privilege of interviewing, um, but we know that all the ensemble tracks are so intense in terms of singing and dancing and the fast changes. Um, I spoke to Will recently and I remember him saying that before his track changed, he used to run the whole show. How was it for you? I think yours is very similar. How was it for you and how did it compare to previous shows you've done? I think... Yeah, uh, it's it was quite. Do you know what the show went so fast because you kind of didn't really have any time to stop, um, and like your backstage traffic is part of you know it's part of the show, and those moments that you have. I mean, honestly, the chaos we were we were up to stage. It's just I don't get me wrong. I love being on stage, and that is that's a different thing. But the fun we had sub stage for the whole year, honestly, it's it's it's. 
it's just some of my favorite memories are us downstairs getting changed and causing <laughs> chaos and where's my future boy hat and I've lost my bow tie and all that drama. <laughs> um, but for me, I think because the hardest bit was <laughs> cheerleader into student, into teacher, back into cheerleader, all within something about that boy. <laughs> It's crazy. And what was even funnier is if you had like a swing dresser on, they'd get to like your third one and they'd be like, why do you do so many changes in this one number? And I'm like, I wish <laughs> I knew. Because <laughs> originally I didn't. I used to just be the student and teacher because we used to only have two cheerleaders and that changed in Manchester. We added an extra two. And we had a very different, we used to do cartwheels on stage and all sorts when we all changed a bit more. Um, I would say, I think, I think I actually wrote this down because I was, I was like, I thought you'd ask me about costumes. <laughs> I had 11 costumes in total on the show and six different wigs, but the, the, and I say quick changes. I, the quickest ones were those ones from yeah. boy into something about that boy throughout something about that boy. But every time I came off stage, so when I finished clock tower, that would be an easy, not loads of time, but enough time to get changed into it works. And then it works again, kind of similar into cake. And then once cake finished, I was in the quick change room to get ready for got to start somewhere back in there for pretty baby. And then downstairs for future boy, cause we had enough time for that. And then in the wings for everything else. And then act two again is, is kind of easy cause you got 21st century. And then I got back into teacher outfit, but I had time to do that. I used to go upstairs back into the dressing room for that one to have five minutes just to sit down. And, <laughs> and then from teacher into prom, prom back into clock tower lady. And then of course, everyone loves an extra quick change after the bows. We were like, <laughs> sprint off stage, you'd be like, come on. <laughs> um, it's amazing. And like, you get you get to have such great relationships with your dressers as well. And you know, and they're all so amazing and so brilliant at their jobs that you get to have so much fun. And even when you're dying in 40 degree heat and peeling <laughs> costumes off you and they're having to give extra welly because you, your DeLorean's completely stuck to your skin and you're like, I can't move. This is it. <laughs> and then there are fans and like towels and your lipstick ready to go and all this stuff. It's, I mean, I love a quick change. I think it makes it more exciting. And like I said, it, it keeps the show. It's, it, you can't, you don't have time to get like tired because you're just on the go all the time which not that you want the show to go quickly, but it, you know, it kind of gives you the momentum to, to keep going. I've done shows before where um, you have like a big break and then you're like, okay, back <laughs> we go sort of thing. Whereas this has been really, I mean, I've done quite a lot of quick changes in other shows, but this is, this is definitely, it's definitely up there. When I did 42nd street, I had a lot of quick changes in that. That was, that was a crazy one, but I never had to do four in one section. <laughs> like this this does beat that <laughs> yeah it is madness something about that boy particularly it's just it's crazy i don't know how you all do it <laughs> and you're singing when you're not on stage as well right like we can we can hear you guys singing when you're not on stage yeah for definite yeah. Um, i think yeah because in the opening i would walk off as a clock tower lady and i'd be in the wing and just belting from the wing and everyone's like jumping and doing all this crazy stuff and i'm just in the wing like you've got this guys keep going <laughs> Because one of my favourite bits is Ryan. Ryan used to come like like face the wing on his little drive the car moment, and I used to always be there like, <laughs> it was like a, you know these little moments. Um, and then the next bit, Rianne would swap with him, and then Rianne would be like, and then she'd run off to her next her next spot. So yeah, we were always singing in the wings unless you're doing a quick change where your mic could get hit by things. And I didn't think that really happened, apart from Courtney quick changing into Jennifer. She didn't sing at that point because she had to get a wig change and everything. And, that causes havoc with the microphones. So, <laughs> but yeah, we're always singing off stage. So, no rest, no rest. Amazing. Um, you confirmed this for us on Twitter. This is something I wanted to ask you about. Um, Clock Tower Woman, 1985, Chamber of Commerce Lady, 1955. They're the same person, right? Oh, yes. Is that in the script or is that something that you like discovered during rehearsals or you, you've made up or like from, as far as I'm concerned, that's canon now, like that is true, but is it in the script or what? I actually don't think it, do you know what? I actually don't know if it is specific, specified in the script. I think it's Chamber of Commerce, Commerce Woman as in like that. It's not listed as like Clock Tower Lady, but I remember having this conversation with John about how 
when we're in the 50s, you know, she's everything she does is for her community and for where, you know, the town that she lives in, she wants everything to be, you know, perfect. So when we get to the 80s, she's like still grasping on to that. She's like clinging on for dear life. Like my one last thing that I'm going to complete is fixing that clock and then everything will be back to what it was when we were young. Do you know that sort of thing? Um, and we never really ever went, oh, it's the same person. It just kind of, it kind of became apparent in rehearsals when we had that conversation and I was like, ah, this, this is what makes sense. Which is funny because some people in the cast didn't know this. And then later, like down the line, they were like, it's the same person. I was like, welcome. welcome. <laughs> I love it. I love this, this whole world. I know when we chatted to Mark, we were talking about um, like the Back to the Future fan community often gets mistaken and think that like Red the Bum is the same as Red Thomas and they're the same character. But that's been like, you know, um, Bob has said, no, it's not. And, you know, there's different reasons. But Mark had planted this seed that there's this theory that maybe the bum is actually Lou. And, you know, <laughs> Lou owning the cafe has ended up now, you know, on benches, which sort of is, up, is comeuppance. Um, so I love these little theories and like really... Some people don't like to overanalyze. I love overanalyzing stuff and trying to find all the uh, hidden stuff. Even if it's not necessarily what it is, just a sprinkling of something like that. And if you spot that, or if you think that, it just adds an extra layer to the story. And, you know, it makes it exciting. What is funny is they it would have been more apparent maybe. Um, in There was one point where they wanted uh, the Chamber of Commerce lady to have glasses so that it would look like the same. <laughs> there was one point I had a sash handbag, flowers, headscarf, cigarettes. And I was like, if these glasses come off my head, there is no hope. And they were like, maybe we'll just leave the glasses. I was like, thank you. <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough, enough going on. <laughs> Katie, we're gonna move on now to um, your amazing Lorraine that obviously we've both had the privilege of seeing and adored. Um, how much rehearsal did you have? I know you put out on social media when it was your debut that you were like, call in the morning, rehearsed in the afternoon, went on the in, in the evening. Had you had, had there been anything prior to that? Had there been a little bit or how prepared were you? Um, so normally it always it's always the way. Normally you do previews, you do press night and then you start your cover rehearsals. But alas, here we are. Um, I didn't do any cover rehearsals in Manchester because we hadn't even got to that point. So I obviously had my script. I'd you know, watched Rosie, her movements a bit and made a few notes in my script for blocking so that I wouldn't be completely, you know. Um, but for London, I'd done the same thing. I'd kind of like watched her in the bits that I could watch her in. But you know, in Pretty Baby, I was one of the girls in the window. As much as I'm there, I'm kind of staring at Marty or staring out. I don't really, and then especially when we're in tech or in the show, you're behind the curtains. So you, I didn't get to see any of the scene before or after. So, you know, you're just kind of like, I think it's this. <laughs> um, I'd had a music call. Me and Emma had gone in together and Steve had given us a note bash of certain bits. And, you know, you, you've heard it a lot, so you kind of know. Um, but there's some bits we were both like, oh, I've not got a clue. Like, what actually is this? I'm, you know, kind of just in my head. Um, so we'd done a note bash. And that might have been maybe a week or two, maybe a week before I'd got thrown on. Um, so obviously, as a cover, you get a responsibility, you know, your responsibility is to know your track. So I'd obviously learn all my lines and learn all my lyrics. So that was, you know, in the brain. Um, when I got the phone call, <laughs> I was on my sofa eating a bowl of Cheerios. <laughs> and um, I thought, it was, it was a Friday, and I thought Massey was ringing me to say, I'm really sorry physios cancelled for today I think I booked myself in for a physio because I was just like oh to get myself you know I wasn't thinking I was injured but I was like I'll just get myself um you know I think I was a bit stiff I think I was jolly be good shoulders I think were a bit stiff so I was like I'll just you know preempt that don't get injured just you know get them loosened up so I was like oh yeah like expecting him to be like oh physios cancelled or we've had to move someone into your sport and I was like yeah cool and he just went so you're gonna be a, a west end leading lady tonight if that's okay with you and I was like <laughs> yeah. yeah okay and he said so if you can get into the theater as soon as possible we obviously need to rehearse you in and I was like yeah cool so I got off the phone I, I've got a very a very cute cozy small flat here in London I did about 20 laps whilst I cried <laughs> I rang my mum she cried and then the first thing she said was your dad's at swimming I'll wait till he gets back 
to know if coming. I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean dad's swimming? And she was like, he won't be back. All this stuff. So then she waits for him to get back. They get in the car and drive down. My brother's on the thing, booking the tickets, all that stuff. I'm, I've done about 20 laps. I've had a cry. I go, right, finish my Cheerios, jump in the shower and go straight in. And I, at this point, no one in the cast knows. And it was our last day of preview rehearsals. So basically it's where you lock in the show. So it's the last day the creative team can change anything in the show. So everyone was called in for the afternoon anyway. I think I got in maybe like half 12, one-ish. And Rich Fitch was there with all his calming energy and was like, right, so should we, should we just crack on? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's not to be like humble brag. I was very calm. <laughs> um, and I think if you ask anyone, they would be like, it was kind of a bit weird, she was very calm. Because I was like, oh, I'm going on and this, that's it. Like, I'm, that's, I'm doing it, this is what's happening. And so Rich Fitch, and also at this point, we obviously hadn't done, press night wasn't for another week, I think. And um, we knew Josh was going on for Goldie, I think the following Wednesday. So the plan was on that Friday morning afternoon was to rehearse him and in prep for that next week. So he's in front of a curtain doing all his rehearsals. I'm behind a curtain with like no set at this point. Daz has come in and he's going over some of the movements with two of the girls. And obviously now, Nick is going on for Clock Tower Lady for the first time. She's not really had her rehearsals. And at the time, Bessie, who was one of our swings, um, was going on for like her track. So she'd not done any of this before. I had not done any of this before. We were all like, dum 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 um, <laughs> so We quickly ran through some scenes and some blocking. Daz went through a bit of the choreography, just like blocking where things go and stuff, where I walk around in Pretty Baby and stuff. I was like, cool. Um, and then we we had to wait for the set to be brought on for the McFly house. And I was just stood there and Rich just turned to me and went, are you good? I went, I, think, I actually think I went, I just really need the toilet. <laughs> and I, I, I genuinely was just like, I just kind of forgotten that like my body needed to function in other ways. And he was like, take five minutes. He went, go to the toilet, have something to eat. He's like, go to, to wardrobe. Cause obviously at this point as well, and we hadn't like sourced all of my cover costumes. Cause they were like, you won't be going on until like, you know, a few months, whatever. Yeah. So I ran up to try a few things on um, and whatever else. And my my old prom shoes from Manchester were blue. We all got new ones for this show. And um, I walked in and wardrobe were painting them pink. They were like, the <laughs> rain for later. I was like, stunning, loving your work. It was just all hands on deck. Um, everyone was amazing. And our stage management team are the best of the best. And Gaz was like, my priority is making sure you're safe. So we're gonna run everything technical to make sure that you know where everything is, you know how everything's gonna go. And that way, you know, you're cool to go on for tonight. So when I came back downstairs, then we ran the McFly house and there's an incredible video um, that I can send you if, you if you'd like to see it. It's not, it's actually not a massive deal, but Rianne was in the corner filming me being like, this is amazing. Like just, you know, getting little snaps for me for my debut. And I was going, it's terrible girls chasing boys. And I went to go say, here's, have some meatloaf. And I forgot that the palette is slightly raised and I stack it and like fall onto the table. And I go, oh, there's a palette there. And Rich Fitch is like, are you okay? Are you good? I'm like, mm-hmm. Like bottle of vodka in hands, tripping over. I was like, I wasn't drinking, I promise. This was just, um, so those happened. And we got through all of act one and then we had to run some of the bits for ensemble and everything else and then I actually didn't run any of Acts 2. Um, we got to warm up that evening and Krista was like, is there anything else you need to do? And I kind of was like, oh yeah, Doc's Lab, that scene. Like, I actually don't know the movement for that. So we quickly ran that with Dobby. And then I said to Hugh, how would you like me to be for the snog? And he was like, <laughs> I'll grab you here and I'll drop you like this and then we'll be good. And yeah, cool. So I was like, fine. Um, so that was that and then Everyone was amazing, like all hands up, like, do you need anything? Do you want me to get you dinner? And I was like, no, I'm all good. And then I went on. So I did know all my lines and my lyrics. So that was the big chunk done. And obviously I knew the story and like I knew where things came. But the real saving grace, I have to say, is the, the queen of all things wonderful, Rosanna Highland. She was so ill and she said, honestly, I, I got like single tear. She sent me I still got it in my notes. She sent me a notes page of everything I had to do. At this, this is your cue to go downstairs. When you come back upstairs, in bra in capitals, take off your wedding ring. <laughs> then you go back downstairs. Yeah, because I was literally like me going on for this, you know, pretty baby with a ring on, like, oh, oh. 
<laughs> so all these little things and she was like if you grab this from downstage left it's on the top shelf and then you've got time here to go to the toilet if you need to and mm-hmm. I literally was like that was the thing for me the backstage traffic is so is so rehearsed and I'd obviously never done her track so there was bits where I was coming off I was like I can't go that way because they're bringing that down so I must go this way um, <laughs> and all those little things and she'd sent this really detailed list because she's an angel mm-hmm. um, so with her backstage knowledge Rich Fitch and Krista and all stage management teaching me all that stuff Jim was like you got this <laughs> I know you know this I was like cool the, uh, the only thing that actually happened, which was quite funny, is the one thing I didn't remember or learn was um, the a fall in love line at the end after the kiss. So I came out of this snog with Hugh, which was, you know, sensational, and I was very taken aback. And he started singing, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I have to sing the next line, and I have no idea what it is. I was like, I, I have not clocked this. We hadn't done this in the, in the vocal call because it's like a one-line thing, and I was like, yeah, everyone knows it. You hear it every night, so it's just in the brain. And uh, the only thing I did do wrong that night was I sung that line up the octave rather than singing the harmony line. And the next day, Jim was like, it wasn't bad. It was wrong, but it wasn't bad. And I was like, thank you. So what is that? Could you just play that for me now? Um, so that was that was funny. But yeah, it was an incredible all hands on deck. Everyone was so supportive. And like, especially like you can feel that, like all of my castmates, it makes me emotional talking about it now because like they all ran out and got me cards and flowers and screaming from the wings. And it was just, and I've, I've, you know, I've covered before, but I've never played a leading lady on the West End. So for me, it was a, it was a huge, a huge deal. And I don't think it really kicked in for about four days later when I was sat at home, like, oh my God, I did it. I think it hit me and I messaged, my brother was like, it's not hit you yet. It's not hit you yet. And I messaged him. He's like, ah, there it is. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, so chill. Like, all good. Like, did it. And then four days later, I think the adrenaline finally went, go, go. And I was like, oh my gosh. What a, yeah. yeah. It was Brilliant story. I got thrown on that time. And then once we then had press night done and sorted and everyone was back fit and healthy after everything that happened, um, we had cover rehearsals. And because I'd already been on, they were like, we know you're safe to go on. So when they did the cover rehearsals, Emma went straight in to do the Lorraine stuff because obviously we didn't know when COVID was going to hit and the chance of, you know, second covers going on was so high um, and they were all, you know, they're all amazing and they were all ready to go. So Emma did the first lot of cover rehearsals with um, everyone who hadn't done, been on yet. And then I did the next uh, cover run. So I actually got to do my cover run with Justin, who's just being on, which is amazing. Yeah. So thrilled. So I did my cover run with like, Justin as George, uh, Morgan as Biff, uh, Rhea's Jennifer so it was a really nice mix of you know and Ryan is Ryan is Marty so I got I got to do it with all the Georgies and all the Martys because of that <laughs> which was which made it really special um so yeah <laughs> oh it's brilliant that I think that it's, it comes across so much when you you see the Instagram stories from the cast and the tweets that everyone's so supportive of each other and you know everyone points out what a great team it is all the dressers all the stage management everyone else it's just brilliant to hear these stories because it looks like it's a it's like you know a good group of people doing it and you know it just reinforces it. Um, I was going to ask a little bit about how much time you got to spend with Rosie, which you, which you've covered. But um, Rosie, when we interviewed her, um, obviously she originated the role in those early workshops, and she was giving some advice. Someone had asked from our group um, for advice on if you wanted to play Lorraine, like how would you go about like you know building the character up. How did you approach the um, the different versions of Lorraine? Was there anything you used to do to like get yourself into like 1985 Lorraine mode and 1955 mode, anything like that? I think I think when you, with the first Lorraine, um, for me, because I'm I mean I'm quite um, in my I mean in my normal voice I'm quite you know whatever, um, but in my in my singing voice I'm quite pingy. And I remember working with Jim and he was like, right, we need to make you sound a bit older. And I remember Fitch being like, she's a bit gravelly. She's been drinking a lot. So, you know, it's this. So I used to say my lines in the dressing room beforehand and I'd be like the Marty, I don't like her. And find this kind of, rather than be like Marty up there, I'd kind of run it a little bit before I went on just to make sure it was there. Um, And I used to, technical uh darken my vowels in the singing in the opening so it rather than being like um 
when life rolls by so beautifully. It'd be like, when life rolls by so beautifully. It would make me sound a bit older. Um, <laughs> some singing for you there. Uh, so little things <laughs> that I would just address before I'd go on. Um, I wasn't like, I'm not like superstitious or anything, but I had to drink out of the vodka bottle before I went on every time because I was just like, just need to know that that's going to come on. <laughs> With the, just, the, just check it's not vodka as well. You're me like, guys, really disappointed. <laughs> Gosh, imagine if that was vodka. I was really worried that some one time someone was going to put something in there like as a joke or like muck up matinee. I was like, I would just be like. <gasps> um, and then for young Lorraine, um, I, again, a sort of similar thing. Like once I've done my makeup, I've got my wig on and thing. I'd kind of run the lines again, just get my voice in that kind of higher place. Um, Rosie, actually, again, because she's an angel, she shared with me, um, she had a song that she listened to that got her into, um, it was a, uh, oh, I think she might have said this, but it was the answer to a teenage prayer. And I remember one of, the, one of the first time I went on, the first few shows I did, my, my debut days, I put that on the speaker in the dressing room and I was getting ready. I felt like Rosie was with me. Um, <laughs> so I was like, that kind of helped me. And then after that, it was just more about a voice thing and kind of, I don't know, I think posture-wise as well for the older one, especially at the beginning, you've got a fat suit on, so it kind of does the work for you. Um, and then obviously young is just quite preppy. And then the end Lorraine, she's quite sassy. And I think the outfit helps with that as well. She's got a little handbag, the little heels, the blazer, the big hair. No, so a lot of that does come from that. Um, but yeah, just sort of maybe just changing my voice to make sure I was older and younger is my, the main thing. Brilliant. Tacey, um, the next thing I want to ask is everything that you've experienced in Back to the Future. So you've had two lots of opening nights, you've had two lots of press nights, award nights, all of that. What was what would you say is your, your major highlight from, from working on the show? I think well, that first show, the first show in Manchester was obviously, that was, that was wild, that was crazy. Um, and such an experience that we'll never have again. Um, and I think the, the press night in London was was crazy because we were finally opening and then we obviously had Mark thrown on the day. So there's so much going on. So in that respect, that, that was, you know, um, I think it sounds so soppy, but the, the people that I've met and the experiences we've shared together throughout the year is the main highlight for me. I've made friends for life on this job. And I think coming out of the pandemic, I think it was so important to be working with people that just, surrounded you with love and laughter and had your back through thick and thin and if you were having a bad day they'd be like yeah that is actually rubbish but we're going to turn it around let's you know and everyone had each other's backs and for me that environment was a like a lifesaver after having you know a pandemic to live through and not knowing whether we perform again and stuff so the people are the main highlight but if i had to pick a single night i'm not gonna lie to you it was the 13th of July and it was when we had uh people from the film in and I for me actually it was my final week of Lorraine dates and um it was a big night because the film people were in but I had loads of family and friends from all over I had family from Ireland some who'd never seen a West End show before or never seen me perform before had family over from Kuwait from Wales uh from up north, there was just everyone surprisingly and weirdly booked for the same day. And then we had people from the casting. Um, so I think there was a moment where on, on that night, I was on as Lorraine, Will was on as Marty and Cameron was on as George. And I think the three of us getting to have that moment as understudies kind of felt like we had our own little press night, which was, I think just a really, a really lovely experience for us to get to do. Um, and, you know, meeting Christopher Lloyd and all the hype of that was just, you know, and everyone getting photos and things and having having that experience and and feeling like it was, not to say it was deserved, so that's the wrong thing to say, but isn't it? it felt like we'd worked really hard and we we got to share in the glory of the show for for being our understudies as well as being part of it as our ensemble tracks. Um, so that, for me, that was a really special night to get to do that. Um, so yeah. And we were there too. I know. That was, great. that was the first time I'd seen you as Lorraine, I think. And it, it, was it? It was brilliant, yeah. Um, one thing we've not mentioned yet, which you must be mega proud of having done, is the original cast recording. 
And so, you know, having your voice locked into that, which, you know, forevermore, those songs, all the ones that we put on our Instagram stories, it's always the original cast recordings. Um, was this like your first time doing, uh, uh, being in a recording studio? Was it your first like cast album? I've what, been, was like I've been quite lucky actually. I did, we did a revival cast recording of 42nd Street. So we did, we did that back in 20, 2018, 2017, 2018 was the year that we did it. Um, so again, there's about 10 albums of that show out there in the world. So it's it was amazing to have our version, but it wasn't brand new. And then I was also very lucky that Big did a UK cast album. They had an American one, they did a UK one. So I'm on that. But again, it's not a brand new thing. It's another version of, you know, mm -hmm. And also on, on those albums, I didn't get to sing solo. So <laughs> when we were doing this one, I was like, I said to Nick Finlay, I was like, thank you for keeping my lines on the track. <laughs> I was like, thanks for not cutting me. Um, but what was funny is we did the cast album after everyone either had COVID or the laryngitis, pharyngitis, bronchitis thing that went around and knocked everyone out. So I'd spent a week on voice rest, not being able to talk. And got into the studio and I was like, right, well, there goes nothing. Because I was like, I've no idea. I, obviously, I'd sung that morning. And I was like, I've got a voice, but I'd not used my voice. So um, in a way, it was amazing because it was all just pinging out that day. And me and Emma were like, we never sounded so good in our lives doing the top line. We were like, come on, here we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was amazing. And it's so, it's so incredible, especially with this, with being part of the original cast and getting to record an original album. And doing things like oh a new ending for future boy because you can't just cut a number off halfway on a, on a cast album and just going no one else knows what this is and no one else has done this before but also watching like nick and jim and glenn and alan going oh actually if we change this a little bit this will sound like this and this will really highlight this and we're all there like with one headphone on, <laughs> on and off going they're actually there this is this is they're, they're the team that's that's magic right there that's happening behind. And they'd be like, girls, can we go again this time, try it like this? And we'd be like, cool. And then, he, then we'd go again. This time, try it like this. And then we're like, we're gonna mix them together. Then you'd hear it back and you'd be like, we sound amazing. <laughs> Honestly, we were all like, come on. Um, which was, you know, such an incredible experience to have. And it is crazy that when you click on cake, it's like Catherine Pearson. And I'm there like, that's me. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is. It is amazing. And like some of my friends who are in the industry who've been doing, you know, teach at other schools and stuff. One of them messaged me the other day, been like, oh, I'm channeling you today. I'm doing my own choreography to It Works. He's like, I love seeing your name pop popping up on Spotify every time I play it. I was like, oh yeah, because that's me. Because that that's us. Um, it is, That's that for me, I'm going to be old and gray and I'm going to be like, with a CD, like this, this is what I did. <laughs> it was so anticipated, like people have been waiting for it. It was delayed a couple of times. And so many of the fans in our group had like stayed up till midnight to wait for it to go live. It's like, it's on iTunes, it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, go, go, go. It's on YouTube. And everyone was like listening and people were like, right, I'm on my second listen now. And oh, we went to bed that night like so late because just listening to it with headphones on and being immersed in it. And it, it just sounded so brilliant. It was worth the wait. No, it sounds amazing. The quality is unreal. And I think they've, I think like, for example, with them, the whole enchantment under the sea section that they like, they were like, we've got free reign on this. So they let Cedric go wild. And it's just, it's, we were like, Can we put this version in the show now. Cause this is, this is so good. <laughs> and they were like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we, we've talked to you for ages now. We've still got a few questions to go, but we'll be wrapping up soon. But before we do, we want to do some of these quick fire questions. So, um, first question, favourite line from the show? I'm your density. Um, what's your favourite song to perform? Uh, in my ensemble track, Gotta Start Somewhere, as Lorraine Pretty Baby. What was your favourite character in the show? Not to play, just favourite character of everyone. Oh, oh. I don't know. <laughs> Marty McFly. It's got to be Marty. <laughs> um, which was your favourite costume? The teacher dress. Which character from the show are you most like? Oh. 
I'd say maybe the diner girl, but I'm not late. That's the only thing. I'm not late. Okay. That's a bad answer, actually. <laughs> we'll, go with it. we'll go with it. We'll go with diner girl. Um, who was normally the first to crack the choreography? You said you're very quick. Was it normally you? What, as in to pick it up? Yeah. Um, oh, everyone's very good. Everyone was very, very good. Obviously, Laura, she's the first and foremost. She's the dance captain. She got everything straight off the bat. Okay. There's, there's a few of us that are quite quick, yeah. I always wonder this when I'm watching, because I think, oh, that one, oh, that one. What's the hardest dance move in the show? Hardest dance move? I think for me, um, Johnny Be Good, get the, like the, the pencil lift when I'm upside down on top of Shane. Um, <laughs> this is really yeah. good. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it's, not, it's not the hardest, but I think it's the most challenging in terms of what I have to do. But we okay. took off and we were, we were very like on it. Do you have any pre-show rituals before going on stage? Um, as a cast, we would always do our circle time. So behind Doc's lab, one person would take it every day and be like, okay, guys, it's a two-show day. We're going to bring the energy. We're going to do this. And it would always end with, when I say back, you say future. Back, future, back, future. <laughs> and then we'd all put hands in and say something on three. Every show. What was your personal biggest cock-up on stage? Do you remember? Oh, when my shoe flew off into the wing and got to start somewhere and I had to do the whole thing in a sock and it was like an ice rink. Oh it was on the first bit. I did this and I, it just it just kicked off and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't go off and get it. I'm carrying on. And this will be a tough one. Who are you missing the most? Everyone. <laughs> um, oh, that's really hard. That's really hard. Everyone. Love everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. Good answers. I've got to go back to the dance moves. Angie's going to be cringing at this one. Can you explain a little bit in 21st century? What's all this? <laughs> I love that. Does it, does it like have a meaning? Like... Right. Chris Bailey, if you're watching, this is not this is not me saying this is what you said it was. This is yeah. I don't actually my track actually doesn't really do a lot of that because I yeah. come on for the circle section. Yeah. So I kind of miss out on a lot of this. It's basically meant to be, so you know, at the beginning, we have uh, the interactive stuff mm -hmm. like this. Yeah. Visualizing that we're all scientists and we are typing codes down our arms, swiping and starting again. Um, we, it's funny, I'm trying not to say the nicknames of what they were all called, like <laughs> slap the thing, slap the thing. And, bow and arrow and all these things um but a lot of it was you know that like these were the helmets you were getting charged from the energy from the lights and stuff mm. and this is your you know you're placing your notes down you're turning the page it was all kind of imagine if we had like loads of code all over us it was that kind of energy that you could interact like <laughs> your body was like an iphone or a tablet or something that's great that's I, what I believe it is <laughs> is that because <laughs> that's what i'm going to imagine when I'm, when I'm dancing along, <laughs> I'm going to be thinking That's what we're doing. We're writing code. code. <laughs> um, so we saw you recently went to watch the show with Morgan and, and Jamal. Uh, was that your first time seeing the whole thing? Yes, first time ever. Yeah. And what was it like being an audience member instead of being on stage? Was it just completely surreal or could you just sit back and enjoy it? Or? Well, it was, it was interesting because um, Morgan obviously was a swing. So he was like, I've, wa he was like, I've actually watched the show so many times. So he sat down, he went, oh, this must be so weird for you. You've never seen this. And like, even the opening credits like moment, I was like, what? <laughs> What's this? And he was like, oh, you've never seen it. I was like, so I think I was just, I was, I was absolutely exhausted by the end. I felt like I did the whole show in my seat. Like my body was like, oh my gosh. And also just watching your friends on stage doing, you know, the show that you, you created together is, it's just so amazing, and like seeing little moments. Like there was a moment in Got to Start Somewhere where um, Will and Emma like look at each other as they came in, and I used to be behind, be behind, and see that moment. And I was like, oh, like <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think seeing it out front, I got quite emotional. Funnily enough, during like the car clock tower sequence, maybe like the technical bit, not the people bit. Um, I obviously got emotional throughout seeing everyone doing anything, but that's towards the end of the show. And as it was happening, I just kind of had a moment where I was like, God, I was in this. Like, I I was in this. This We did this. And it was just kind of a, I feel like in our industry, it's so we're so quick to dismiss our achievements or 
we're so we we finished a job and we're focusing on the next one and i think because it, sometimes you do have the mentality that it is a job that sometimes we don't take a second to go that was unreal like we we were really good and we worked really hard and i you know i think we are quite quick to go oh yeah but it's my job yeah i can do that but that's my job sort of thing and watching the next cast do it and you know carrying the torch and keeping the story going and stuff it was just kind of like this is such a huge part of history that we've you know created in terms of uh you know film screen to stage and a brand new musical and what you can do with tech on stage and off stage etc um so i i did weirdly get emotional doing the clock tower sequence i was like oh my gosh this is brilliant <laughs> But it's great you got to see some of the, the people that you perform with and your friends who are still in it. Uh, what about um, other cast members who, who have left and know new things? Have you got any plans to go and watch like Ryan in Jersey Boys or, or Rihanna in Frozen or maybe like Dobby in Emoji Land, the concert? I know. Um, I actually, we were very lucky. A bunch of us got together and we went to go see the open dress for Frozen. Um, mm. Rihanna got us tickets. So we were, there was me, Courtney, Anna... Melissa, Amy, Clara, one of our dressers. And there was, I mean, there were so many people there. Um, but we were a little back to the beach group that went to go watch Rianne. And she's absolutely sublime in that show. She just radiates grace. And she's stunning in all the, all the costumes. And it was just so gorgeous to see. Because obviously when you're dancing, because in Gotta, I can't say Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> Gotta. I'm like, Gotta start somewhere. Um, <laughs> We'd obviously have a little moment where we'd we'd be opposite each other, and we had a little like dance together. But so you, I've, I know that she, I obviously know she can dance, and she's very talented. But you don't get to see your mates because you're on stage doing it with them. So to get to sit and watch her on stage was just so amazing, and to know you know to just see how hard she's worked and getting her to do a different style, and you know being in a Disney show is huge. Um, and I'm definitely seeing Ryan soon. I. I actually messaged him the other day because the first photo came out of him as Frankie Valley, yes. and I cried on the tube home. Oh. I'd been teaching dance for like five hours and I saw it and I messaged him. I was like, I've just cried seeing you as Frankie. I can't wait to come watch. He was like, you're ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just so amazing to see your friends going on to things and and even the other, like the rest of us that haven't like, you know booked jobs and stuff yet. It's all part of the process, just knowing that everyone's, you know, just doing well and they're happy in their lives and everything like that and it's obviously it can be scary not knowing what's coming next but it's just that it's endless opportunity so it's quite an exciting time not knowing what's next and I think um we're all kind of hyping each other on and you know gearing each other up for the next things and stuff so yeah, yeah. Oh, ma magical um what is your dream role what would you like if you could pick any role that you thought that's a role I want to, I would love to play. What would it be? You know, I've, I've actually, I've been asked this a lot since college, either, you know, through meetings or through teaching and stuff. And I've never really had a dream role because I always used to say, I want to do everything, anything and everything. I want to do it all. Um, and I think in my head, I never wanted to set myself on one track. For example, if it came up, for example, if I wanted to play Polly in Crazy For You, which yeah. I would absolutely love. Um, it came up and they, they just did it at Chichester. I went to go watch it and it was amazing. Um, but if that was my dream role and I couldn't do that because I was still in Back to the Future to this time, it leads you to kind of end up resenting being stuck in this when actually this is amazing. Um, so in my head, I never really set myself on a specific, but there are there are roles out there that I'd love to play like Polly in, in Crazy Few or Miss Honey in Matilda or Kathy in Singing in the Rain. But it's also like a new character in something new. Like the fact that I got to be, you know, the second person to play Lorraine Baines in, the, in this brand new musical. Like that was so exciting and so, you know, exhilarating and um, so creatively nourishing uh, to, you know, to, to, to do that and not be like the, you know, the, the 70th person to play it, which still isn't bad. But I think there's something so fun about new roles and new pieces of theatre so there's many roles I'd like to play but there's maybe many roles that haven't been written yet that I'd like to play okay if there was to be like another um movie turned into a musical what movie would you like to see adapted into a musical that you could perhaps be in <laughs> oh you keep coming with the hard questions yeah that's quite 
because then I'm like, what would what kind of what kind of film are we talking here? Um, because I literally started thinking like Legally Blonde. I was like, that's already a musical. <laughs> I was like, really good. Um, I don't know. I know that there's um. Oh gosh, I I simply can't think of a single film now that I like. That's really good. It's not already a musical, yeah. yeah um, when we asked them, films that are musicals. <laughs> we asked Rosie, and she um, she said Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sensational! Would make a brilliant musical. We joke. I, I, I'd like love to be in like Dodgeball the musical. Like you know, <laughs> I think that would be absolutely hysterical. It'd be like Patches O'Hoolahan just throwing spanners at everyone and doing a full dance break to dodging spanners. Like, <laughs> Sign me up, guys. <laughs> That's right, cool. we'll take that one. We'll get that. We'll speak to Colin about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got Halloween obviously coming up in a couple of weeks. We know last year you and Emma Lloyd did um, split track. Which we loved seeing. Have you got any plans this year? Um, I haven't. I haven't got plans this year. <laughs> we we honestly we we thought it was hilarious, and then we got to a point where we were sourcing the costumes, and we were like, "Is this really? Is this really offensive to our swings? Are they going to be really like angry? Are they going to be like, guys? It's actually not a laughing matter because split tracks is really stressful." Um, and then wardrobe were like, "Where did you get these?" And like, and then all they'd be like, "We're not using this. You can use this." We were like, "Brilliant. Add it all on." Um, <laughs> This year, I don't know. I haven't got any Halloween plans yet, as such. I'm sure there'll be a party or something to go to. I um, I haven't thought much about it, but I do like a good. I do love a good fancy dress. So um, <laughs> we'll keep I'll an eye out. Thinking about what to wear. <laughs> yeah. We'll be watching. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's it. Now we're nearly done. Um, last thing that we obviously want to know is what is next for KP? Where will we see you next on stage or what are your plans now that you've finished in Back to the Future? So now that I've finished, uh, it's back to the, the classic out of work grind for us actors. Um, I quite I quite like the in-between. I think it's a, an opportunity to have life experience and you know find time to to work on your craft when you're not exhausted from an eight show week. Um, so for me, I will be doing much of that and uh, keeping myself, you know, fit for purpose. Um, it's around about the time now where things will start auditioning for productions that are happening next year. There's never really like a schedule for it. It's not like you turn your calendar and go, cool, right, so this is when this is happening because some things that are happening next year won't even, won't even be announced yet. So again, it's exciting. There's so much opportunity. Um, so I, I will be auditioning for things that are coming up. I think my plan of action is to hopefully, you know, spread my wings and work across the industry. I think as actors, we are very versatile and we can adapt to different genres and different styles. Um, I think we're getting better at it in the UK at doing crossovers between stage and screen. America are really big on it. And I think if you know if you can work on your craft and make yourself, uh, you know, right for certain things, whether it be stage or screen, then those doors should be opening. So I'm not saying that I'm going to be on screen. I'm just saying that those opportunities might be there. I'm I'm kind of open to everything, and that if I am going back uh, back into another musical, it hopefully will be on the same sort of pathway. Um, either giving it a cover or you know working towards a supporting role etc that's kind of my end goal game plan for myself but these things take time and it's never it's never linear so I think we go we ride the waves and see what happens um but yeah I'm excited yeah we'll keep our eye out for sure um I mean thanks for speaking to us today like <laughs> my face is aching with laughing the stories they're just brilliant to hear uh, like I can't thank you enough for giving us some of your, your spare time obviously we're gutted that we don't get to see you shaking your donation can anymore <laughs> you're always one of the fan favourites I'm sure the fans can't wait to see you in whatever you do next um, so thank you um, and we hope to see you again soon thank you so much and thank you all for being such amazing supporters of the show but also um, of us as artists or as actors I think it's just been such an incredible experience for us all to have have that support and and for you also to support us as our ensemble tracks our split tracks our covers it's you know it's it's been such an amazing experience so thank you all so much you're very welcome thank you bye bye, bye. <laughs>